This episode is brought to you by Odd Mo's Pizza in Canby. Handmade awesome pizza plus craft beer, wine, and cider delivered. Order today at 503-263-8444 or visit them online at oddmoes.com. This episode is also brought to you by Canby Foursquare Church. Since 1978, a place to grow, connect, and serve. Sunday services on campus and online at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Learn more at canbyfoursquare.com. Welcome to Now Hear This Canby, your source for news. The threat of a possible teacher strike was avoided this week. There's a new irresistibly cute creature winning over fans, and its name is Scootaloo. Sports? It's like Lucy in the football. You want to kick a field goal, but they take it away from you. We had to learn how to win. Goal can't be in the last second of the game! And interesting conversations. Because I'm one of the strongest girls ever, and I know that for a fact. (laughs) I just really enjoy writing gossip as if I was a bear. (laughs) With an old maid daughter that makes the best moonshine in the coast. (laughs) If it would have hit me in the face, I think I would have died. I really do. I guarantee you would have died, man. Are you kidding me? Welcome to the Now Hear This Can Be podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tyler Frankie, and this is what's happening this week in our community. The Canby City Council met briefly in a special session last week and directed Mayor Brian Hodson and City Administrator Scott Archer to locate and secure an interim city attorney. It was the first time the council had convened since bombshell allegations came to light from current city attorney Joe Lindsay, which claimed the council and mayor may have violated public meetings and records laws, employment laws, and codes of ethics for elected officials. Lindsay has been on medical leave of his own volition since March 9th. Counselors did not discuss the allegations or any related matter at the March 28th session, certainly one of the shortest in the history of the Canby City Council. The meeting clocked in at just over two minutes from opening to adjournment. Archer was directed to locate an interim city attorney to serve in Lindsay's stead, including attending city council meetings and advising the council on city business. The move was approved 5-0 with Councilor Chris Bangs absent. In his March 9th letter outlining his complaints and claims of possible violations by the council, Lindsay had recommended the city consider procuring additional legal services from the Portland firm Beery, Elsner, and Hammond LLP, with which it already contracts for Urban Renewal Agency matters. An alliance of national educational nonprofits sent a letter to the Canby School District Board of Directors last week urging it to revise its policy in which library books can be removed from circulation pending a review upon request by any parent or community member. The March 30th letter from the National Coalition Against Censorship concerned the recent removal of more than 35 books from middle and high school libraries based on requests filed by two district parents. 
Since the Canby School District does not have a specific policy allowing library books to be reconsidered based on residents' concerns, the two parents use the process that is in place for curriculum or any other instructional materials to be reviewed. And though this policy allows the material or activity in question to continue to be used at the principal's discretion until the matter is resolved, a spokeswoman told Now Here This Can Be last month that the district's routine practice in these cases is to pull the books when a request is made. It is primarily this part of the policy that the coalition's letter concerned. That policy may encourage some people to fire meritless challenges for the sole purpose of limiting students' access to ideas they dislike, the letter read in part. In addition to harming students, such challenges may put enormous strain on the district, which will be required to spend time adjudicating baseless claims. Many districts avoid that problem by creating policies that state that challenge materials must remain on shelves while in review. Therefore, we encourage you to consider amending your policy to include a statement affirming that access to materials will not be restricted during reconsideration procedures. Because of the volume of the books the two parents requested to be reconsidered, district officials said a review committee likely would not be possible until this summer, so even if some or all of the books are approved by the review committee and ultimately the Canby School Board, they will still have been off the shelves and out of students' hands for a minimum of six months. In, in a demonstration protesting the district's action last month, one student equated the policy to the books being quote, guilty until proven innocent. These books need to have their day in court, senior Avery Kanonen said. A request for comment from district and school board leadership was not immediately returned. The Clackamas County Board of Commissioners last week unanimously approved a years-long effort by the Canby Area Parks and Recreation District to dramatically shrink its district boundaries in the hope of passing a permanent tax rate. Initially formed in July of 1964 as the South Clackamas County Recreation District, the entity has gone through several names and iterations, the most recent being Canby Area Parks and Recreation District, or CAPPERD. But in those almost six decades, the districts whose original boundaries more or less follow those of the Canby School District has never fulfilled its vision of building parks or providing recreational services to the district. Simple reason for this is that it has no funding, and its half dozen or so efforts to establish a permanent tax base over the years have all been stymied at the ballot box. About every 10 years or so, somebody tries again to get a permanent tax base, and they've all failed, Capard Board Chair Don Morgan told commissioners on Thursday. In my opinion, a lot of them weren't fully thought out or explained to the voters. The most recent attempt was in 2011, a proposed $0.42 cents per thousand dollars of assessed value that would have also replaced the levy for the Canby Sw Swim Center that goes before voters for a renewal every five years. It failed with more than 60% opposed. In hindsight, the timing may have been ill-advised, with the nation well into the throes of a historic recession, but Capert officials say the margins of defeat have been pretty consistent in each election, regardless of economic factors. 
precinct results have also consistently shown high levels of support for Capard among voters residing in the city limits of Canby and high levels of opposition in the rural outlying areas. This current board decided you can't keep going and doing the same thing over and over, Morgan said. That's why we decided to shrink the district pretty much as close as we could get to the city of Canby area. The idea is that the board would withdraw tax par- parcels from Capron lines to dr- redraw the boundary lines to a much smaller area where the majority of the district's population and public parks facilities are concentrated. It's something the Capron board has been mulling over and working toward for at least four years. The proposal, which also includes the areas directly north of Canby, encompassing Malala River State Park and the Wayside property northeast of the city, had to be approved by the Board of Commissioners by virtue of their jurisdiction over special taxing districts in the county. With the new smaller boundaries approved, Morgan said the Capward Board plans to work with the district stakeholders, including the City of Canby, which recently approved an updated Parks and Recreation Plan, to develop a cohesive plan for implementing a viable tax base. A Clackamas man has been arrested on child pornography charges less than three months after completing a federal prison sentence for similar conduct. Nicholas James Stacy, 29, appeared in federal court on March 17th before U.S. Magistrate Judge Yuli Yem Yu and has been charged with transporting and possessing child pornography. According to the complaint, Homeland Security agents were contacted by Portland per- Police Bureau detectives earlier this month in regard to multiple tip reports they'd received regarding Stacy's alleged use of Facebook, Dropbox, and other web services to possess and distribute child pornography. Stacy had been released from federal custody in December of 2022 after serving a 60-month sentence on a previous child pornography conviction. Stacy was arrested in September of 2018 while in possession of an iPhone containing more than 9,000 videos and 20,000 images depicting child pornography. While on post-prison supervision, Stacy was prohibited from possessing a computer or other electronic devices or accessing the internet for any reason without permission from his probation officer. On March 16, 2023, investigators executed federal search warrants on Stacy's person, residence, and his mother's residence. Agents seized multiple electronic devices. Officials alleged Stacy possessed in violation of his terms of supervision and placed him under arrest. According to his website and Facebook page at the time of his 2018 arrest, Stacy was a dedicated Elvis Presley impersonator and was active at events in the region. Investigators at that time said Stacy also impersonated a law enforcement officer on numerous occasions in an attempt to make contact with and sexually exploit minors. That arrest rocked area residents who knew Stacy attended high school with him at Gladstone or who knew him later in life. One woman described knowing Stacy for a five-year period during which he claimed to be from the United Kingdom and even affected a British accent. Over the years, he just got weirder and weirder until last year, and it came to light that he had basically been lying to us about who he was. She told Now Here This Can Be in 2018. This case was investigated by Homeland Security, the Portland Police Bureau, and U.S. Probation Office. Anyone who has information about the physical or online exploitation of children is encouraged to call 866-347-2423.
nationally recognized illusionist and local businessman Scott Anderson is teaming up with 98.7 FM The Bull to put on his new show in West Lynn next month in support of Hannah Grace Family, a local nonprofit that helps families and children who are or who have experienced trauma and instability. Anderson as well judges and audiences alike in his Vegas-style magic show and on hit programs including America's Got Talent, Wizard Wars, and The Go Big Show, and now hosts the largest illusion show in the Pacific Northwest. Also an Afghanistan and Iraq War Army veteran, Anderson weaves his own life stories, hilarious comedy, audience participation, and jaw-dropping illusions into an unforgettable performance that promises to be magical theater at its finest. Anderson teased that this show will include a slew of astounding, never-before-seen illusions and effects he has only recently added to his repertoire, including a finale featuring a six-and-a-half-foot-tall industrial still fan he has affectionately dubbed Rotor Wash. Tickets are $20, with all proceeds benefiting Hannah Grace family. Two shows are scheduled for 1 p.m. and 7 p.m. Saturday, April 29th at the Westland High School Performing Arts Center in Westland. The evening promises to be the perfect night out for families, Anderson said. Anderson has performed a show locally numerous times over the years, often at the Canby Fine Arts Center, and always in support of local causes, including the Boy Scouts, Canby Fire District, Canby Vietnam Era Veterans Memorial, the Canby High School Track, track Team, and Share the Love in Malala. For tickets, visit eveningofillusion.ticketleap.com, or for more information and videos, check out illusionsofanderson.com. Hannah Grace Family is an Oregon City-based nonprofit dedicated to serving children and families impacted by trauma and abuse. Their services include weekly music classes, hosted family visitation times, and other weekly groups and special events. Hey, Frankie, how's that new internet deal you just signed up for working out? Uh, not great, actually. Oh, sorry to hear that. How so? Well, my bill ended up being way more than I thought it would. I actually have this statement here. Uh, apparently, I had to pay more for high data usage. Oh, yeah. Some providers will get you for that. Sometimes they have data caps, and they can slow down your speeds and charge you extra for going over. So I'm being punished for using my connection? That doesn't seem right. <laughs> I'm with you there. What else does your bill say? A lot. I had to pay extra for faster upload speeds to get Wi-Fi equipment, and there's also this infrastructure fee? I looked that up and it turns out it's a fee so they can build out their network, mostly in other cities and states. I hate to say it, Frankie, but it sounds like you might have only taken into account the flashy sale price and not all the fine print charges. <sighs> you may be right. You should switch your internet to Direct Link, Cambie's local cooperative provider. They don't have any hidden fees and don't nickel and dime you for using your connection. Plus, Wi-Fi is included in your internet subscription. That sounds great. I could really use a new router and these data overage fees are going to add up really fast. It couldn't be easier. Just give them a call and ask about Omni. It's their all-in-one internet service that includes Wi-Fi, enhanced security, great parental controls, and easy-to-use network management apps. And there's really no hidden fees? They won't charge me for streaming and gaming a lot? Nope. You get fast download and upload speeds, unlimited data use, reliable and secure Wi-Fi, and local service included with any direct link fiber connection. 
Give them a call today at 503-266-8111 or visit www.directlink.coop. Okay, well, this morning I have the great honor of sitting down and uh, I guess I'm sitting down, you guys are all standing up, but (laughs) (laughs) chatting with the three generations of Zagava men. We have the grandpa, if I can call you that, Mike. Hi, Mike. Welcome. Uh, Thank you. And his son, John. Hi, John. Hello. And John's son, Cody. Hey, Cody. Nice to to have you all on. Um, So let's start by just, um, we're going to be telling this really incredible story about multiple generations of uh, your family serving in our nation's military. Um, But let's start with just getting those details right, uh, talking a little bit about where you served, what branch, and Mm -hmm. um, and then also uh, when we get to it, talk about your uh, your father, father, Mike, uh, which is a big Uh part of the story as well. Well, I started as a Marine in 1968, stood on the yellow footprints in MCRD San Diego, Uh, graduated. I was initially uh, training in in communication, hump a radio, Uh Uh, but then when I got halfway through there, they said, you're going to language school. Mm-hmm. So I went to uh, Defense Language Institute and graduated with Vietnamese. Yeah. So I figured I knew exactly where I was going. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> not going to uh, not going to Germany. No. Right. Yeah. Right. So I, I had that idea. So when I went to uh, Vietnam, I was with the Third Marine Amphibious Force. Was that difficult, Mike? Learning that language. It's a total. It's a tonal language. I didn't yeah. realize. You have to have a knack, and I didn't realize I had a knack. Well, they're like, oh, communication's language. What's the difference? Yeah, yeah. Same. But but it's a tonal language, whereas our language is uh, grammar-based. Yeah. Uh, But in Vietnamese, if you say one word in five different tones, it can mean five entirely different things. Mm, Yeah. Um, And so, I mean, I... I, I understand when Vietnamese people are, you know, t- talking. Yeah. I mean, I kind of get what they're saying, but I've lost the tones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I try to speak Vietnamese to some of a, a family at church, and they just kind of looked at me and started laughing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who did I insult? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I can still read it. Uh, yeah. I can understand it, but I, it's, it's hard to recreate those tones. Fascinating. Anyway, I interrupted sure. you. Sorry, so... Um, Anyway, so I served um, in a uh, what they call provisional rifle. Where we had an uh, area of responsibility that we would walk and guard uh, above our uh, uh, firebase. Uh, did some time as a point man, mm-hmm. walking point. Uh, but I did that for about three or three four months, uh, which is probably you know pretty much what most people can do. Yeah. And then I became a patrol leader, mm-hmm. and then I ran the patrols. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. John. Uh, and then, then I went back to communications. Too. Oh yeah. So so they kept on they kept on moving me back. Sure. So I don't want to. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Uh, enlisted September two thousand. Uh, went to Fort Knox. Became a nineteen Delta Cav Scout. Yeah. Uh, when did I, you go in? What's that? When did you go in? Uh, September fifth two thousand. Okay. Yeah. Uh, enlisted. Went to Fort Knox. Then went to Germany. Mm-hmm. And I was in Germany. And then I got uh, my unit was a quick reaction force for Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was training there for a few years and then, uh, Iraq kicked off. 9-11. Yep. Uh, shortly after that. And then did a tour in Iraq. And then after that, 
got out, and that's when Cody was born, when I was there. And then I got married with my uh, wife, uh, Heather, from the States. And then uh, after Iraq, I went back to Fort Knox to be an instructor for scouts. And then got out of the Army, went to the National Guard, and then went to Afghanistan shortly after with the Oregon Guard, Mm -hmm. a couple years later. Yeah. And then now I'm currently in the uh, National Guard as a command sergeant major. Yeah, awesome. I forgot to add my National Guard time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, for yeah, decades. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when I got my first... <laughs> Only a few decades, yes. yeah. So when I, when, when I got my first teaching... I got, went to school in Jabil, uh, and I got my first teaching paycheck here in Cambria, and I went, this isn't going to work. So I joined the Guards. Yeah. Uh, and then I was very fortunate for a mentor... Uh, kind of walked me through, and I became a warrant officer, yeah. intel warrant officer. I was with the Mohawks for about, Obi-Wan Mohawks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, was yeah. with, I was with them for about 19 years, 20 years. And then I moved over to the uh, military department, yeah. and I worked with DIA, in what they called a JRIP, Joint Reserve Intelligence Program. Yeah. And then I retired as the command chief, uh, warrant officer of the state. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I 43 years, part full-time or part-time. And then uh, they brought me back three years as a DOD civilian. Right, right. And I was on my way to Afghanistan, uh, but I got hurt in a training accident and sent home. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I feel like your your service as a middle school principal is probably just a step below military. <laughs> so be a military. You know, people, people ask. People would come to Ackerman and say, how come Ackerman is so safe? I mean, right. what, what's, what's so special about Ackerman? Well, you know... I, you know, you, you, you do what you know what you know best, okay? Yeah. And I organized Ackman like a battalion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was the battalion commander. Mm-hmm. I, had a, I had an executive officer, a vice principal. I had an operations officer, another vice principal. Mm-hmm. And all of my teams were company commanders. Yeah. And, you know, and, so, mm-hmm. and they did what they needed to do on that team, and I supported them. And it was, it was yeah, it was special. But we had 1,100 kids in that school. Right. Yeah. yeah so... Yeah, people would come and visit us all the time and go on. What's your secret? Yeah, yeah. it's not mine. It's, it's, it, yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's what you pattern after. Yeah, absolutely. One more. All right, uh, <laughs> should be quick. Uh, yeah, not much. <laughs> yeah, no there. National Guard time. I think. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, no, no, no. Enlisted September twelfth, two thousand twenty-two. Went straight to basic to become a nineteen Delta Cavalry Scout, and I spent the last six months there. Yeah, an Army, right? Army. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. At Fort Benning. Dad. Fort Benning, Georgia. Mm. You're full? You don't have to eat them all. Yeah, I love Fort Benning. Oh, it was just fantastic. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, thank all of you guys for your service, and I really do mean that. Um, I uh, didn't serve myself, but I worked with veterans for a number of years, and I really know, uh, as much as you can know, not, mm-hmm. not having gone don't, through don't, it. Don't you work for the VA now? In state, in I do, the state VA. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I've met a, a number of veterans, and I know that um, even when you're out of service, the the how you continue to serve by mm-hmm. the impact that it has on you. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's start with kind of where this all began. Um, mm-hmm. We're here to discuss this really incredible story about uh, this prayer book um, that uh, three generations so far have carried with them in uh, war. So Mike, uh, tell me where this prayer book, tell us about what this prayer okay. book is and where it initially sure. came from. Uh, my grandparents uh, immigrated from Hungary uh, when they were... Well, they had they had children when they came over, 
And so my grandmother hardly spoke any English whatsoever. Hmm. Uh, so we had to do a, like a pigeon English or talk to her. But the way I understand it, and I can confirm it with my dad, is she went to, my dad grew up in Wadsworth, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And they went to a particular parish outside there that the priest spoke Hungarian. Mm-hmm. So obviously my grandmother kind of hooked up with that, you know, yeah, felt comfortable there. Right. Yeah. So anyway, during the war, everybody was, sons were leaving, and she, was, she had two blue stars flying, hanging, because mm-hmm. my dad's brother went as well. Anyway, she went and she got this for him, and she gave it to him, uh, to use and to pray and to carry with him all through the war. Yeah. And he did, obviously he did, and he kept it quiet because I never knew about this book. Hmm. Nobody said anything about this book. I didn't know anything about that book until I enlisted. Right. And then when I enlisted, my dad gave, my dad came to me and said, yeah. you know, I, you know, your, your mother, your grandmother, you know, his mother gave it to him and told me the story. Yeah. And I knew about his being wounded at Pele Lou. Hmm. He was a gunner's mate on a minesweeper mm-hmm. and they lost 30 plus minesweepers during the war mm-hmm. and uh, he shared how he was wounded at Peleliu and I was knowing knowing what I know now that was pretty hard for him to do that mm-hmm. but I remember when he gave it to me and I was off he, he gave me a hug in tears and he said I fought I fought I fought throughout the South Pacific so you would not have to go to war mm-hmm. That was their, I mean, they thought the war to end war type of wars. Yeah. And yeah. I still didn't understand the book. And I totally didn't get it yeah. uh, until I started walking mm-hmm. on, you know, patrols on the rice paddies. Mm-hmm. And then I went, wait a minute. And then I would kind of like it. I mean, there wasn't a particular prayer that I would say, uh, but I would skim through it. And yeah. 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 And then yeah. when I, when John enlisted and he came home from Germany, uh, then both my dad and I gave it to him at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a small book. It's clearly meant to be kind of carried around and referred to mm-hmm. throughout the day. Maybe mm-hmm. wasn't initially uh, designed to be <laughs> carried by soldiers <laughs> yeah. or Marines, but uh, it mm-hmm. fits that purpose pretty well. Um, uh, what, what's the title of it? Is it's it imita- Saint- imitation? The following of Christ or imitation yeah. of Christ, and it's written by Saint Augustine. I was going to say I it's a list. Of, it's a list of prayers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, my understanding, at least when, when your, uh, grandmother mm-hmm. got it for your father, right. um, it was a very popular and, and, in uh, uh, a lot of use, very well, in vogue at that time well, in, in certain Yeah, circles. for a simple yeah. reason, because it, it is small. Yeah. Parents were getting those books. You know, and giving it to their it's hard to carry so, around a full King James Bible right, or something. Right, yes. Right. <laughs> so they would give him the, and my dad said they would, I mean, he was surprised at how many of his fellow sailors mm. had something similar. Yeah. Maybe not the same thing. Yeah. But like you said, it's small, it's compact. And I didn't know what it was like to have a son deployed until I had a son deployed. Right, right. And it's entirely different. It's, an, it's, an, it's entirely different. Did you feel like you had similar feelings and kind of understood your I, dad? Yeah. I, I, I didn't get it until, yeah. until John deployed. Yeah. I mean, when I deployed and when I did all this stuff, I was, you know, I didn't have to worry about it. Right. But when John deploys and his wife is phenomenal, she got four boys and yeah. she handles it. But when John deploys, he had to steps up and does what she needs to do. Mm-hmm. I don't think people realize that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. How the spouses and, and families I don't serve think as they well. Get it? Yeah, you know. But 
We were fortunate. John would call once a month uh, when he was in Iraq, mm-hmm. and he'd call Heather once a week. But you know, we would get that phone call, and yeah, yeah. and Marsha would get the phone, and she'd cry herself to sleep. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I really want to hear uh, some from you and Ed, uh, John mm-hmm. and Cody as well, because um, that story has some of these uh, kind of older stories have been told a little bit in mm-hmm. other newspapers. Uh, but the last thing I want to ask you, Mike, is just. Um, you mentioned a, a little bit of how you kind of used the prayer book when you were in Vietnam or, or whatnot. Um, but but kind of looking back, um, uh, what did it kind of mean to you to be able to carry at that time t- two generations worth of something that was meaningful to your to you your know, grandparents and yeah, parents? I think it 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 gave me something that was home. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? I yeah. mean, this this is something that it's you know it's not made of rice. It's not made of bamboo. Yeah. You know, I'm not stepping in it. Yeah. You know that type of thing. So it's a, it's kind of like a bridge, for lack of a, lack of a better word. Yeah. But I don't. Even when I was walking it, even when I was carrying it, I didn't realize it until later. Yeah. I don't think you understand it until, at least for me. Yeah. How important but, it was. How important? Wait yeah. a minute. This went. You know, I don't know how many miles in the South Pacific, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I walked a lot. Yeah. Anyway, I'm. Yeah. So, John, um, you mentioned uh, earlier that you didn't know about uh, this whole thing, or that it no. even existed until it was <laughs> dumped on you. No. Yeah. <laughs> until it was yeah. shown to you, uh, what was kind of your natural reaction when you first learned the story at that time that it had been through two wars and two generations? Why? Well, I, I remember this book on a table in the old house, uh, over by the chair. That was on that little nightstand. I remember it there for years when I was growing up. I never knew what it was. I remember walking by. It was always on that nightstand. Hmm. And then I enlisted, and I didn't, still didn't know anything about it. You grew up wanting to serve? Yeah. 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 Because mm-hmm. uh, of your dad? Yeah, I think so. And that and Grandpa yeah. or Papa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it was kind of like, I don't know, I kind of wanted an adventure. I wanted to go out there and, you know, I just wanted to have, you know, have fun right. and... See how it goes, and I really say like now I'm at 22 years of service. Yeah, um, not at 40 something, but uh, <laughs> it'll get there. It'll get there. <laughs> so yeah, and, and I when I remember it was here, uh, you and Papa were here. And they handed it to me. I didn't know, like I said, I still didn't know much about it. Uh, and then I thought it was like it was very because the rack wasn't started yet when I got it, um, and right. so I had it in my hands and I went to Germany. And I didn't, I mean, you, you understood it, yeah. but until I got to Iraq, and then it meant more to me. You weren't necessarily, when they gave it to you, you weren't necessarily, or you, you probably didn't think that, that you would be going to no. war. No. There was no war. There yeah. was no war going. On the horizon. or Yeah. yeah. And then, like I said, I love it hasn't, hadn't happened yet. Uh, and then, when September 11th happened, then about a year later then, or yeah, about a year or two years later, then we went to uh, Iraq. Yeah. And so then I carried it in a Ziploc baggie, and then it was always in my rucksack. Um, we didn't walk around in big groups like my dad did. Yeah. We walked around in just four-man teams, and mm-hmm. so it was a little bit different. So uh, Couldn't do too much reading. Had to stay, there was no much stay reading. ahead on a swivel. And, yeah, yeah, we'd be out for days, and I was like, yeah. I'm just, so I kept it in a, a Ziploc baggie because of the – it didn't rain much there. Yeah. But it, it, I noticed like it was frail when I had it. Yeah. When I got it, but now I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this yeah. is getting worn pretty when, good. When was it printed? I don't is know it, is that on there? Yeah, it should. I think, did we look once? Yeah. This is a great audio. <laughs> yeah. 
didn't see it. Copyright 1941. So you can sell January 14th, 1941. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, just before the war when things are cranking up in Europe, mm-hmm. they made those tip for families. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tyler, did you know that the Australian lyrebird can mimic any sound that it hears, even chainsaws? No, that's uh, super interesting. Did you know that a baby puffin is called a puffling? Uh, or no. that baby sea otters can't swim, so their moms wrap them up in pieces of kelp until they learn how to paddle? Wait, do you know any trivia that isn't like animal related? Not really, but here's some stuff you may not know about the Wild Hair Saloon, where Camby goes to eat and have fun. Okay. The Wild Hair is one of Camby's longest running locally owned restaurants. Owners Joan and Darren Moden have been in business for 16 years. That's cool. Yeah, heck, you were just a baby back then. I, and, wait, what? And they love to give back. They've been members of the Camby Chamber for that long, and they donate over $20,000 to local sports, FFA programs, and civic organizations each year. Wow, I'm legitimately like caught off. That's cool. Yeah. They also support more than 30 jobs in the community through their award-winning staff, some of them as young as 18. Hey, that's older than you are. Uh, dude, I'm te- I'm 10 months younger than you. With, with the days getting longer and the weather getting warmer, the Canby Wild Hair's expansive outdoor patio is the place to be. Furry friends, welcome. Well, that sounds great. I'm going to go check them out just off of Highway 99E next to the Space Age in Canby at 1656 Beaver Creek Road in Oregon City or on their website at thewildhairsaloon.net. Uh, so I carried it for through, through Iraq and then I came home and then... I, I still kept it. Uh, I I didn't. I thought I remember asking if you wanted it to hold it while I was right. while I was like trying to be with the sheriff's office and right. moving. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, took it to me with Afghanistan with the National Guard, and that was in what thirteen fourteen. Mm-hmm. And then I had it when I went to Shelby. That's right. But I didn't sign it yeah. until I was. You know, because I remember you had it right. between right because I was going to carry. Obviously, I was going to carry with me because I was on my way to Afghanistan. Uh, but I didn't sign anything or date it because I wasn't going to do it until I hit the ground. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, makes sense. <coughs> yeah, and then I carried it through Afghanistan, and then uh, I've had it ever since in my safe. Um, never had to use it again. Yeah. And then now, Cody will take it. Uh, I mean, maybe we'll hold on to it for uh, until. You get a little more settled in, and then maybe next time we go visit to you or something like that. Well, but it's technically it's it's Cody's. It's his. Yeah. So uh, you could do it whatever he please. What did it uh, mean to you, John, um, being able to to carry that with you uh, through uh, what I know was some very challenging yeah. and and difficult times? It was. It, it felt good to have it with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I said I didn't carry it in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were incredibly. You know, how much sweat we would run in Iraq in the desert. So I always had it in like the ruck. So I always knew it was there. Uh, and there's, a, I think a couple times I remember grabbing it and looking through it sometime, like if I was back on base for something like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it meant a lot, especially knowing that he or Papa had it in the Pacific. He had it in Vietnam and then Iraq, no one, <laughs> we were there in the very, very beginning. So yeah. really no one knew how it was going to go or how it was going. Right. 
So it meant a lot. Right, right. All right. Well, yeah, we go to Cody. So um, what do you know about uh, kind of um, where, where you're going, what you'll be doing? Um, so right now I'm going to Fort Hood, Texas. Yeah. Um, well, I'm nothing special. I'm just, I don't know exactly what I'll be doing. Oh, and then I'll be a scout. Um, and basically I'm just waiting to get there and then they're going to tell me where exactly I'm going. Yeah. That's what just, unit? Yeah, what unit. Yeah. yeah. That's about all the knowledge I have right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Why do you want to surf? Uh, these two. Yeah. <laughs> they're making me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> more, more no, you, you, uh, you, you look up to them and, uh. Kind of yeah. like following their footsteps a little bit. Yeah, basically. That's, that's my, the, the big part of it is that. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of something you always wanted to do growing up? or. Um, yeah, growing up, I was always all over the place. Yeah. Like, I didn't know exactly what I wanted <laughs> to do. Big cowboy. Yeah. 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 It started as I wanted to serve, and then it went all, kind of a little all over the place, and then at the end, I realized I, I did want to serve. You so. must remember um, uh, sometimes earlier on when your dad was overseas serving to you. Yeah, I remember most of it. Yeah, I was I was probably too young to remember when he went to Iraq. Yeah. But during when he went to Afghanistan, I was in fourth and fifth grade. Yeah. So I remember that pretty clearly. Yeah. Which, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what does this mean to you so far? And I know it's kind of one of those things like these guys have said that it you you maybe don't doesn't hit you till after, but yeah. uh, I don't, I don't understand. Uh, like I understand it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have as much meaning yet and I hope it does soon. But to me right now, it looks like I see a torch, mm-hmm. you know, my, my grandpa always says it's passing the torch mm-hmm. from him to my dad and now to me. And now like me receiving that, it's kind of like I'm getting that responsibility mm-hmm. now. Yeah. That's uh that's what, uh, you know, kind of, I, uh, it seems to me that it's it's sort of this tangible, you know, the legacy is what it is um, that that it started with. Your dad, Mike, and it's passed through these multiple generations in such an incredible way. Um, and that is meaningful all on its own. But to have this uh, tangible uh, piece of that, representation of that, is really cool and very rare, um, I think. Yeah. It, yeah. For families to have that. Awesome. I don't cool. think I've ever met a soldier... You know, have one of these or something like that. No, Cody, hold on. It needs to belong in a museum at some point, so. <laughs> if it ever makes it out of the family, so. Yeah, no, it won't make it out of the family. <laughs> so when does Cody get to sign it? Is that uh Well, we were thinking on, I, I messed up. I shouldn't have signed it because right when I enlisted. But then I should have signed it when, like, when. He'll if there's no wall because you're, you're starting to run out of space there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, and then. Get a magnifying glass. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll have to go to another. Eventually, we'll have another room. Yeah, there you go. You can sign around that picture. We'll add another page, or <laughs> we'll hand it to go potty. That's what I should have did. Was just waited until I got you know when a war started, and then right when I deployed. And you're getting you know hit pretty hard or blown up. Yeah. So then I was always paranoid. So then like like I would move it to like a small assault pack mm-hmm. instead of a big ruck. Yeah. Uh, so I can grab it and like, I, we, it was, we were trained, like if a vehicle gets hit, then you grab like a little ruck and you jump out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I was paranoid in a ruck cause I, man, if this thing would have burned up, I would have been, yeah. I would have been in big trouble. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I remember I was like, uh, I gotta figure out a quicker way. Cause yeah, a little It'd go bag. It'd be hard to find a replacement. Yes. And I can only imagine calling my dad and being like, so here's the deal. Yeah. It's kind of like getting in trouble. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I mean. How long that? So I've carried it twice, and now I'm. No, I mean, we'll see if I carry it. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, how the world's going. You never know. Yeah, and I'll need it back. 
<laughs> Maybe. And when and when Hunter goes uh, enlists, if he decides to do that, we will get something similar for him, and we'll start another trend. You know. Yeah. So, but we will do something. Make sure that he that that tradition follows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know people, and even in some of the news stories, they try to um, uh, maybe add more significance to it than maybe you guys feel. But did did you ever feel the sense that it was something to kind of help keep you safe or anything like that? I've I felt it. You know, a lot of times when I uh, maybe after the event. Yeah. During the event, you're not thinking about a during, book. No. <laughs> during the firefight, you know, where's my book? During the firefight, you're going, where's my ammo? Yeah. Right? You know those types of things. Yeah. So you're just really focused. Keyed in. Um, I think afterwards, and I think I even commented when John uh, was awarded the uh, bronze star when they asked me. You know, I knew faith had something to do with it yeah. because he says he heard the the the, the rounds going past his head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well. You know, I mean, is that luck? There's no such thing as a coincidence. Well, I don't. I believe there's no such thing as a coincidence. Yeah. You know, I had a I had a couple incidents that I went, oh my god. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm here. Yeah. Um, but then afterwards, you went, God, somebody was watching out for me. I yeah. mean, I was at the right place at the right time. Yeah. My entire life. Yeah. Yeah, my Humvee was like Swiss cheese. Mm. We had counted over. I think we're around over 150 rounds. Because we had old. This Humvee is not armored. Yeah. It was fiberglass and mm-hmm. windshield. So I think we counted around 150 to so many rounds that ripped through that thing. Right. Yeah. So how so, would you not get hit? Right. That's know. the thing where it gets to some of these situations sometimes where it's like, almost feels like it takes more faith to believe that it's just a coincidence, right? right. Than, mm. than something yeah. bigger you know, is going on. Yeah, but, but you don't do anything stupid. I mean, you walk into it going, okay, it's my time, it's my time. Right. Got it? Yeah. But you don't stand up in the middle of a firefight and go, is it my time? Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You'd be smart about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. You right. know, so don't you don't let it control your life is what I'm saying. Put it to the test, yeah. Right, right. So I think, but I think afterwards, uh, then you kind of reflect on it. Uh, when, like when John was going through the the Bronze Star, I, I was thinking about this. I was thinking, okay, yeah, something's guiding him. Something's yeah. surrounding him. Yeah. And then, um, John, as we've been talking, you pulled out a few things. Uh, tell me about these kind of. I know um, each generation kind of added uh, at least one or two mm-hmm. yep. uh, little things. So. so this one that's taped, this is from my grandpa. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is was he put in from World War II. It's mm-hmm. like a soldier's prayer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it evolved mm-hmm. over the years, the soldier's prayer. And then you have my dad's that added in mm-hmm. Vietnam. And then when we would be in Vietnam, we, after we go to communion, yeah. they'd give us a holy card. Okay. And then we would mail it home, but a couple of times I kept them, like I kept this one. Wow. Today in Vietnam, I received communion and prayed for you. That's amazing. And that would make mom and dad feel good. Yeah. When you got that. But a couple of times when I would do that, I would, I would save it to the book. Yeah. Wow. And then that's the one that was added from Iraq. They mm-hmm. handed that to me right before I got on the, on the mm-hmm. plane. Right. And then that was the, how it's, of the soldier's prayer. Is it the same? Is it similar? I think it's a little different on the wording. Yeah. From your grandfather's. But it's about, if you look at it, it's about the same concept. Yeah. Wow. And this was given to him for... uh, Afghanistan. Afghanistan. And what's this? Medjugorje. Okay. Wow. We need to write something on there so Mm -hmm. we remember. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Well, yeah, unless there's anything else to talk about, thank you guys so much for sharing this incredible story with me yeah. and sharing just your your experiences and stories. Um, I know uh, sometimes it's not always easy to talk about or, mm-hmm. or talk about uh, publicly with the reporter guy, but 
Um, really appreciate it. And yeah. uh, again, thank you guys for all that. That's you've because done. I trust you, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know where to find me. If I yeah. screw yeah. up, so well, I'll find you. <laughs> no. Marine and principal. No, thank you. Not messing with him. Sergeant. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 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 <laughs>